0: Mm, <laughs> mm, Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Kentucky Owl. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tasting. With me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co host, Andy Kleczyk. Andy, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic right now. Absolutely. Great weather, watching some awesome golf. And uh, drinking some whiskey can't yeah. get much better than that, right?
1: Yeah, liver is kind of recovering from the uh, wedding, but other than that, not bad. That's right.
0: All right, I don't want to hold back because we're very excited about this whiskey, and I'm even more excited about it just because of how much you, you told me the bottle cost. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, you know, hold this up any longer. So Andy, why don't we go ahead and tell the folks everything they need to know about Kentucky Owl?
1: Of course. So this is a brand originally founded in 1879 by uh, Charles Mortimer Denmond. Denmond. Uh, which anybody, you know, that knows that last name, um, you know, knows Dixon Dedman who revived the brand and has been very influential in the bourbon game uh, since reviving it. Uh, but you know, it was revived by his great, 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 great grandfather, uh, or founded by him, Charles Mortimer Dedman, um back there in 1879, and they uh, operated all the way up until Prohibition. In 1916, um, the original brand. Uh, unfortunately, you know, they, I know, discussed a whole bunch of times. They were not one of the five or six different uh, brands that got a medicinal license to at least sell um, their whiskey um, during as a medicinal whiskey during Prohibition. Man, we're going to go back through and mark down all the ones who were able to do that. I think it was maybe Four Roses. I know Old Forester. I know. Maybe Woodford. I know for a fact Buffalo. Well, what is now Buffalo Trace. Right. Two. A couple There's been a others. handful of them, yeah, right? there's about five or six. Yeah. So,
0: anyways, it's, it's just interesting. every time it, it catches my, you know, my attention yeah. every time I hear that, because I think there's only a handful that were able to do it. Yeah.
1: But uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, they didn't have that. They were one of the several by several, I mean a lot of unlucky brands that just didn't ha- get one of those medicinal licenses to sell their whiskey uh, during Prohibition, um, and it was something uh, that, you know, they were. I don't remember how much they were actually distilling and b- barreling and everything at the time, but I know at the time of Prohibition, when that came around, the government seized about 250,000 Gallons of Kentucky Owl desolate for what they were calling safekeeping, um, and it was something that, as a label and everything, I think the, I think the brand, I think the government ended up selling the desolate off to other folks during the Prohibition and post-Prohibition, to other brands in order, you know, bottling, it, agent it owl, all that stuff. Um, I'm sure that's what they did, but you know, the brand lay dormant post prohibition for about 90 to 100 years um until 2014 when like i was saying at the beginning of the episode it was uh revived by dixon uh deadman the fifth generation of the family and the great great grandson of the original founder charles um and it was something that you know originally of course because of their legendary name in the industry dixon's legendary I think reputation because prior to reviving the brand I think he had done a lot of um, like mixing and blending for other brands as well Uh, and then you know the legendary name of Kentucky Owl in the industry um, for what it had been at least uh, you know demand really far outpaced supply initially Um, and it was like it was something like if they were able to bottle let's say 50,000 Demand was 60,000 bottles, you know, 60,000 bottles, something like that. Um, this is an example there. Um, and it was all something of at least initially what they were doing prior to them being able to actually have their own distillate coming off the lines and everything. Uh, you know, they were they would source from local Kentucky distilleries, multiple distilleries uh, in order to help keep up with the demand. And I think actually create, revive the brand since they didn't really have that stock anymore that they used to have. Um, and he, you know, he, Dixon ended up, uh, staying on with the brand for about three or four years there until he sold to a Stoli group in 2017. Um, at which point, as far as I know, Kentucky owl is now, um, distilled actually at, and I believe it's contract distilled, not sourced or anything else like that. Um, at, Bardstown Bourbon Company um, that is still there that's... I want to say that's... Well, that's in Bardstown, Kentucky. I know we've discussed Bardstown before on the podcast as a brand, but that's like where they also distill Kentucky Owl, you know, and distill, contract, distill, or source a lot of other brands and everything else there for other, you know, bourbon brands and I think a few other just um, American whiskey brands at that distillery. Um, and it's something that you know, even though Dixon, you know, is no longer there, I think his imprint is still very much there on the brand. Obviously, he's moved on to other projects, helping other distilleries go around, uh, and consult for them. But their current master distiller is, um, John Ray, I'm assuming R H E A. I'm assuming that's how you say it. (coughs) Um, uh, (coughs) And it's something that, you know, over the last five years, he's really brought... Well, he's been there since either 2020 or 2021, but they, they've they had their um, own stuff. Again, yeah, like that interim 2017 through 2020 or 2021, I think they were just using Barthtown master distiller to kind of help with it. But um, it was something that, you know... Now they've really gained regained everything, regained their name brand, the distilling power, everything else, uh, on the whiskey game, on the bourbon game here in America, in terms of the reputation that they used to have pre-prohibition.
0: Have you seen the the like the new distillery setup that they're building? Uh, for them, no, I haven't seen it. It's super cool. It's like a triple like it looks like almost like the pyramids of Egypt. Oh, really? And there's like a tr- and they're, But they're made of wood, and there's like three of them right in a row. And they have like this whole concept video that's showing how they want to to plan it out. It looks really, really cool.
1: I didn't look that up when I was doing research on the brand. So that's, I'll have to go back and look at that.
0: So they're still in the process of it, but it's they say it's a $150 million development project. Sheesh.
1: Yeah. it's a lot of money. <laughs> uh, that's, I wish I had that money. Yeah,
0: but it looks, I mean, it looks like unlike, I'm telling you, unlike, so go online and look it up. We can't do it justice by describing it. It looks unlike any distillery I've ever seen before.
1: Okay, yeah. You heard it here, folks. Go look that up when you have a chance. Um, But, you know, it's now in 2022, um, on top of doing all that planned expansion and development and everything, you know, they've definitely brought many different in about the last decade since their revival brought many different offerings to the market. Um, and I think as of now. Should all be their own distillate. Or it was contract distilled through Bardstown. Um, to exactly what they their own specifications that they want. Um, and they're currently on. So they have a few different projects. Or um, products I should say. Um, that they have. Their Kentucky Owl Bourbon. Which is. They're on. Batch 11 of that, um, and that's their flagship bourbon that they have. Uh, and I should say none of them are cheap. All of them are at least uh, probably 120 bucks plus. Pricey. Um, yeah, pricey. But, you know, if you look at the reviews of, like, everything on the market, pretty much everyone I follow and listen to is, like, they command that price point mm-hmm. with how good of a product it actually is. Um, okay. But it's you know, of course the flagship is that Kentucky Owl bourbon, like I said. Currently Batch Batch Eleven, which I think came out in either late twenty twenty one or early twenty twenty two. Um okay. I haven't seen it, but I I think that's around when it came. Like Q four, twenty twenty one, Q one, twenty twenty two. Uh then they have Kentucky Owl confiscated, which was something that they that name at least was kind of what they meant to pay tribute to all that 200 like quarter million dollar or quarter million, a gallon's worth of distillate that was seized during the prohibition period or like right leading up to prohibition that they lost there. um, During that period. And then they also, uh, the third one that they have that they actually just started releasing as of now in 2022, it hit the shelves. It's the first batch Um, they have a St. Patrick's Day edition. Now, this is the one that we're going to be trying today.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: And then, you know, it's a four- to eight-year-old Kentucky distillate that uh, what they did is basically, or the idea behind it was, you know, they ended up, it's all their, I think all their own distillate distillate or um, Bardstown distillate uh, and what they did is basically they would take like random blind samples from different barrels. Um, and you know, their master distiller, John Ray, and then a, um, Irish whiskey bonder, Louise, um, McGuane? I'm assuming that's how you say her name. They like collaborated and she's trying to bring back, if you recall to our, uh, Red Breast episode for S- St. Patrick's Day 2022, like the whole uh, Irish bonding process and everything. She's kind of trying to bring that process back in Ireland, but they collaborated as distillers to um, like blind taste and blend the distillate from different barrels and everything in order to create to like a final release and product, at least a special edition St. Patrick's day release um, product um, that achieves their desired palate and taste and everything trying to you know at the end of the day use Kentucky distillate in order to bring the Irish style of blend or some of the Irish style of blending whiskeys to Kentucky bourbon if you will Um, so that's the third one that they have and it's kind of a special I don't know if it's going to go on past 2022 I would assume it is but I haven't heard anything that it's like going to go 2023 on forward. Um So I would assume that's going to be like a special additional release that they do for the brand there. But then they also have a fourth um product that they have. the Kentucky Owl wise man, uh, which they release also a bourbon and a rye whiskey under that label as well. So they kind of have, three like four maybe five different products that they release during the year um that you'll be able to find like i said not exactly cheap i mean the St. Patrick's Day edition one that we're trying today was 140 bucks before tax um the regular old i think the confiscated and the Kentucky Owl bourbon were like 130 140 bucks each as well so it's not exactly the cheapest product but as far as i've tasted before recording the episode and read in reviews as well, very much worth the price.
0: Cool. Let's uh let's go ahead and give it a taste. As we said, we're doing the uh, St. Patrick's Day edition of the Kentucky Owl. As always, owl, I should say. As always, we're gonna start with the nose. Hmm. Very uh, very good smell. What are, yeah. you, what
1: are you picking up? I mean, I very much still get a lot of like Kentucky, like bourbon notes, like the very much like very much like a lot of like oaky notes. Yep. Some vanilla notes. I'm getting some some mild vanilla, yep. Even though it's a bourbon, I'm still kind of getting like some minty notes that I would get off a of rye, some like maybe some pine notes along with that mint.
0: I'm getting a little light caramel as well. There's yeah. it's, it's a pretty it's pretty complex.
1: I'm kind of <laughs> also getting like some chalk choc- like some darker mint chocolate or like light dark chocolate in there like sweetened d- dark chocolate sure. in there as well.
0: Yeah, let's give it a taste now. Cheers. Cheers.
1: Ooh, very good.
0: Yeah, it is really good. What are some hints of uh, some notes you're picking up?
1: So I'm kind of getting like a like a whitely sweet minty dark chocolate in there. Oak, just very concentrated flavors there in the palate from that. Um, Those are the notes I'm primarily getting on the palate. I'm not as much getting some of the lighter, fruitier notes on it on the palate, but as much as I'm getting a lot
0: of what I got in the nose—vanilla, caramel, stuff like that. I agree, it's a little less fruity than the nose, but I'm still picking up a little, a couple Mm -hmm. fruity notes here and there. Very like almost like a lemony, zesty oaky finish yeah yeah kind of mild doesn't last crazy long but i mean man it's a lot of flavors yeah it's it's very
1: intense even though it doesn't last as long very intense flavors there in it for how long it lasts
0: absolutely i highly recommend even uh, though it's quite expensive
1: yeah i mean if you can afford it i would definitely recommend buying a bottle of this or even based on their evs i've read of anything else from kentucky l buying anything they have to offer If you're willing to spend that money.
0: Absolutely. All right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to every episode of Distilled Discussions. Have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry, America, we'll be here to drink with you next week.